0: In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! You know what time it is.
1: The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. Oh!
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Moe.
1: and this is Dallin. Guys, welcome back in. It's good to be here. Mitch had an incredible intro, as always, which is fantastic. Uh, and we're back after a couple weeks. I mean, just a little bit. Uh, you know, just a little bit of time. Uh, but we're back because, Mitch, it is NFL draft season. Just two weeks away now from the NFL draft. Uh, and we are super excited for that. And so today we're going to do a little mock draft exercise. Back and forth through the first round to be able to talk about some of these prospects, team fits, uh, where we w- where we would, uh, you know, select teams uh these players. So that'll be fun today. We're excited for that. Mitch, how have you been?
0: I've been good. I've been working out of town the last couple of weeks. So uh I'm glad to be home. Uh started the softball season, had a big win last night.
1: Oh nice.
0: Yeah Dave Nice. Dodd, Dave Dodd pitching a shout out there. Oh, um, you
1: mean sports hour supporter and 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 proud listener David Dodd?
0: Oh yeah Oh yeah, he spun a gem last night.
1: Oh my spun gosh! I like I, a... gotta,
0: I just gotta I got you know I'm gonna do it. Uh, Grace Community Church, your your softball team's going in the pit of misery. I mean, you guys what? are bad.
1: They're bad. Mitch, it's a church though. Is that even allowed? Like, is hey, that this is, is that my, anti-Christian? This is my kingdom. I will rule it
0: however I want
1: wow they were that bad that you have to put them in the pit of misery
0: i mean we just we dude we pitched a shutout then we put 30 runs up on them i mean that's
1: put 30
0: i mean it it felt like 30 it had to have been close was it it
1: like was it like a children's group from the church like who the hell did you play
0: no it was it was grown men um from this church softball team and uh Dave Dodd spun a gem and bats were hot.
1: Bats, bats were, hot. were hot. You scored 30 runs. Like, I mean, we're like, was this like the whole team's first time seeing a softball? Like what like what how does that how does that happen? I, I mean, mean I'm sure one, this isn't ask, like a professional like, softball league you're playing it, but the level of competition has to be like somewhat, you know, like, like average, right?
0: I really hope I, we don't have, li- like, local listeners that listen to this. They're listening. They're
1: <laughs> playing this in the sermon on Sunday and being, like
0: – But, like, how do you not have judgment. more <laughs> Like, Like, man, I, I I hate to put them on blast because they're nice dudes, really nice guys. Oh, they
1: were good people? That's good. They, they were great guys, great guys. <laughs> Horrible softball players.
0: But man, yeah, this is a shellacking.
1: Oh no my god! No hate, no disrespect. Wow, no but. hate, but you're in the pit of misery. I see what you did there. No, disrespect. don't, don't pretend. Come on, that is, uh, <laughs> that is fantastic, man. I, and shout out to the Grace Community Church softball team, guys. Go, <laughs> go, go! Hit the practice field, okay? Go, man. go to, go to the, go to the bat cage. All right, take some swings. Gotta, gotta get some improvement.
0: They had no idea that that Friday night they'd be feeding content to some small sports
1: podcast. <laughs> they had no idea. Uh, but we thank them for that. And welcome to the Pit of Misery. It's uh, an illustrious group down there. <laughs> dilly, dilly. Uh, dilly, dilly. Yes, Mitch. Uh, all right, my friend. Before we do our mock draft, uh, we're going to get into uh, a bit of the news, some of the stuff that has happened over the last couple weeks.
0: Yeah. So. Oh, do give I give a the thing? Give
1: us the thing.
0: Mitchell, don't forget the music this time. I sounded like an idiot last time. Don't forget the music. Let's get into the news!
1: Maybe he's doing it on purpose, right? Maybe at this point it's like a running joke just to make. <laughs> Just to make you sound <laughs> No, but dumb. it's okay, because we know he added it this time, right? We're trusting that. That's great. No, what we should do. This is editorial oversight on a failure in editorial oversight on our part for not uh <laughs> Yes. For, for not verifying. But hey, no, we appreciate Mitchell. He does he does he great does a, for us. Great uh thing. where do you want to start in the news, Mitch?
0: Um, let's start with the Marcus Aldridge.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, this is uh this is actually just like really really sad news um, Lamarcus Aldridge uh, who was playing for the Brooklyn Nets was bought out uh, of his contract with the San Antonio Spurs and uh, signed with the Nets to make a you know a, a, a title run uh, but he announced his retirement uh, on April 15th. He said the last game that he played in he was dealing with an irregular heartbeat. Uh, it got worse, and uh, after all that, he just decided it wasn't worth it, wasn't worth the risk, and he's calling it quits. He's seven-time All-Star, and listen, like, like you know, like I said this to you, we were talking about this in prep, but like, you've lived a long life, you've made millions of dollars, like, no point in dying right now. <laughs> like, go yeah. enjoy life. There's so much more important things. You've had a great career. Like, you know, he's not at the peak of his powers. He's sort of in, you know, a later stage. So, you know what? Like, yeah, you've got to take care of yourself, and, and good for him for doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a 15-year vet. I think that's 15 years he's been in the league. Like you said, seven-time All-Star. It, I believe, did he win a title with the Spurs?
1: Uh, no, he was uh, he was post sort of title runs with okay. Spurs. Spent the first part of his career, if you'll remember, in Portland. Uh, that's Long right. time in in, in Portland, yeah, uh, right. and then the Spurs. When he was bought out, there was almost rumors or thoughts that he could potentially join Portland in uh, you know in the buyout market as they sort of push for the playoffs. Uh, obviously, elected to join the super team in Brooklyn, uh, and obviously that won't uh, he won't be a part of that moving forward. But
0: right, but uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> kind of got to look out for your health uh spending time with uh, health first over career i mean he's made millions mm-hmm. of dollars playing basketball over 15 years uh he's accomplished a lot there's no reason for him to keep going forward if his health's going to be at risk man you know go live your life with your family and move on um i don't hate on him one bit for his decision um i think it was a smart one and uh you know godspeed and in, in, in his health but i hope everything is good um but uh yeah uh Tough to see him go, but I'm glad he's making the right decision for himself.
1: Yeah, well, no doubt. And it's just sort of odd. Uh, you don't ex- you don't see like th- things like this very often. You don't expect news like this. A guy like this uh, in any stage of his career to just sort of uh, in the middle of the season just, you know, hang it up, but obvious reasons here and uh, wish him the best in his health, right? I mean, right. hopefully he doesn't have to deal with that uh, you know, too much in the future. Uh, let's go to the NFL Mitch uh Free agency, still a thing, I guess. Uh, the you know, major signings about a month ago, uh, but we're seeing some deals trickle in, and this one could have a major impact. Jadavian Clowney, uh, signing with the Cleveland Browns on a one year, $10 million deal. And Mitch, I, I'm not gonna lie, I really like this for Cleveland, uh, the, the depth that they add to their team is great. Uh, And honestly, Jadavian Clowney is going to thrive on the other side of a huge threat in Miles Garrett. That is going to open him up so much because you're going to have to favor one side or the other and you're going to favor to Miles Garrett, which means Jadavian Clowney is going to feast on tackles on -on one-on-one. So I do like this. It's a smart move, I think.
0: Yeah, I think a very smart move for Jadavian Clowney, the player. I mean, if th- this guy seems like a guy that's very much—he's uh, uh, looking out for number one. Uh, we saw it last off when he thought he was going to get the big deal. The big deal held out till the very end, and then wound up getting the one-year deal with Tennessee. Um, wound up only playing eight games, zero sacks in that time, um, and did kind of the same thing this time around. Held out a little bit longer, wound up getting the deal with the Browns. Um, but this could be something that could be a, a, a career revival for him. I feel like if he had re signed with Tennessee, uh, Bud Dupree might have been the beneficiary of Jadavian Clowney being on the other side. Um, now, Jadavian Clowney gets to be the beneficiary of Miles Garrett being the guy on the other side when he goes to Cleveland. Uh, this Cleveland team is just continuing to add pieces each offseason that makes them just a little bit more. Uh, more terrifying to opposing teams uh, whenever they head to Cleveland or whenever Cleveland comes to town. So uh, great ad for Cleveland. Good. Uh, I think great destination choice for Jadavian Clowney. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see um, how his presence will impact that front seven of Cleveland.
1: Yeah, the Browns have had a hell of an offseason. Definitely one of the winners of the offseason. Uh, just really addressed a lot of needs, smart signings, and and you bring up a great point about this one, Mitch, when uh, you talk about him sort of seeking that long-term deal last offseason, not getting it, didn't work out in Tennessee, had the one year in Seattle before that, hasn't really found the long-term answer post-Houston. Uh, But this is a great opportunity for him to earn that long-term contract. This offseason was not the year to sign long-term big deals. Teams don't have cap space. Guys, uh, oftentimes, you look at Juju Smith-Schuster is a great example of that, elected for a one-year deal, and they're going to hit it again next offseason. And you know teams are going to have money. The cap's going to go up again by a lot. And teams are gonna have money to spend. You're you're Jadavion Clowney. You have a uh, you know double digit sack year alongside Miles Garrett. Make a playoff run. Have a big game. You're gonna get that long term deal with the money that you have wanted for the last couple of years, and you put yourself in a better situation than you were in in Tennessee. Uh, I think you made a great point there, and I, I I see it working out. And again, for for Cleveland, it's just more weapons on that defense and that uh in that front four to recav it, and they have a great second. That balance uh, on that team is just getting better and better, and I expect even more from the next season after the uh, the off additions that they've made.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm very excited to see how this all pans out.
1: So, uh, Mitch, uh, to to the MLB for a couple notes. Uh, this this is pretty surprising. We had a couple no hitters like within what, like a week, or was it a few days? Like it just like. They just happened. This season, I got to say, people are talking about the rise in offense in the MLB. So far, 2021 has been about the pitching, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we've got two no-hitters. And then I saw today, uh, and I don't remember which pitcher it is, and I probably should have looked this up, but I just remembered it. Somebody today, as we're recording this Saturday the 17th, uh, had nine strikeouts in a row in one game. Uh, which which was, you know, he, he was one of, like, less than 10 players to ever do that. The record is 10 in a row. He was one short of it. But it has just been a pitching dominance in the beginning of this 2021 season, oddly enough.
0: Yeah, it has been – It <laughs> pitching has been supreme this year. And I think uh, – uh, I I could have probably seen it coming with the rise and home run – Numbers and the and the drop in batting averages, it seems like, guys, uh, they, that's kind of the, the sexy stat and sabermetric people are going for now is hit the ball harder and further and not necessarily hitting, hitting to get on base anymore.
1: Um, it was, sorry, it was Jacob DeGrom, by the way. I looked it up. Oh, okay. Um, so so
0: the best pitcher in baseball. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> so,
1: you <yeah>, know. <yeah>,
0: <laughs> but, um, yeah, first of those no-hitters uh, last week, Joe Musgrove. Um, through a no-hitter, Joe Musgrove of the San Diego Padres, a San Diego native, comes back, throws the first no-hitter in Padres history against the Texas Rangers. Uh, Nine innings on 112 pitches, no walks, 10 strikeouts. Um, A masterful performance put in by Joe Musgrove. Um, That ball and hat, I believe, I just saw this a few days ago, is now in the Baseball Hall of Fame. It has been submitted. That's great. um, That's great. the first Padres no-hitter, so... Um, a very special moment for Joe Musgrove doing it for his hometown team, um, and being the first one for that franchise in that franchise's history to do it. Second one came the following week. So I I saying last week being like two Fridays ago, this is we're recording this on Saturday the 17th. This is now, uh, earlier this week. It's so confusing when you're trying to describe dates. (laughs) On here, but uh, Carlos Rodon of the of the uh, Chicago White Sox those no hitter against the Cleveland Indians. Nine innings, 114 pitches, seven strikeouts. Lost a perfect game in the ninth inning on a hit by pitch. Um, hit a batter in the back foot. Uh, I can't remember the who was at bat during that. Um, A-B, but uh, yeah, two no hitters.
1: Wow. You hate to I, see it end. No perfect game, but a no-hitter, I mean, who's going to complain about that? Can't really complain about that. Well,
0: the guy, the guy at the plate didn't really make an effort to get out of the way. I mean, if you're getting hit by the pitch and yeah, you, have a, I mean, you have a chance to get out of the way and the guy's got a perfect game going, I mean, you might want to try to get out of the way. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, that's yeah but i mean he's gotta throw a good pitch if he throws it at you what are you gonna do it's not so his hard, job it to keep the perfect game deep. but you, you know I, you know pitch i don't know it's your job to keep the perfect game but
0: uh, you that, know to me that's like leaning in or bunting with a perfect mm. game going but uh, i don't think it's quite
1: game. like bunting with the that's pretty that's pretty it's a, blatant it's cheap,
0: it, no it's a cheap way to get on base right i so, mean
1: it's not cheap to get hit by a pitch if it if you, if don't, it if you it,
0: lean in or don't make an attempt to get out of the way, yeah, it is.
1: Uh, I I don't I don't see quite the same, but either way, great Man. for him to get a no hitter. Uh, congrats to him. I'm a pitchers guy, so, yeah, know. yeah. No, I mean, listen, baseball has a lot of those sort of unwritten rules, those sort of <laughs> things. Uh, it's just a part of the fabric of the game. I I'm I don't really care about most of those, if I'm being honest. Uh, but I do respect that it's a part of the game. Uh, maybe he should have moved. I haven't seen the video. I don't know if he like. I don't know if he blatantly, uh, you know, moved into it or or whatever. But no, uh, I don't.
0: It wasn't that he blatantly like leaned into it. It's like um, he didn't move at all.
1: He just didn't move at all. I mean, yeah. If a pitch is coming at you, do you, I mean? You want to get on base? <laughs> what else are you going to do?
0: I, I, I don't know, Dallas. It's a it? thing it's, Don't it's an thing throw
1: a strike. Thing. That's what I'm saying. Or just don't throw it at a human body, and, and then it won't get hit. I don't know. So, anyway, it's all good. Congrats to the no-hitters. Mitch, this last bit of news. This is uh, really fun. Uh, this just came through today, uh, but uh, Sean Kazimer, Kazmar, I don't know how I say his name, Kazmar Jr., with the Atlanta Braves, returned to the major leagues after a 13-year absence. He's 36 years old. He has not played in the major leagues since September 23, 2008, when he was with the San Diego Padres. Uh, he has sort, He's made this comeback, and uh, now he that's the— Oh, that is not the biggest gap. It's close to the longest gap ever. Uh, but it is incredible for him to do that. I, I mean, how does that even happen? Like, what have you been doing for the last decade that you were able to come back to the major leagues at 36? That's incredible. Well, he's,
0: he's been playing in AAA for the last 13 years.
1: He's been stuck in AAA. This yeah. guy had to go to, like, the B-level cities in America for the last decade?
0: No, seriously. Oh, my he gosh. Had, he had been that is playing incredible. in AAA for the last 12, 13 years
1: wow that's dedication man shout out to him that is not easy those guys don't make that much money i mean and listen triple no. a level like you're probably making a decent amount single a those guys make like less than you and i you know what i mean right. and we don't we don't make that much but like i mean it, like triple a may be a little better but wow that is incredible
0: yeah no yeah he'd been in AAA for or at the AAA level pretty consistently like a thousand over a thousand like over eleven 1, hundred games or something like that at the AAA level over the last thirteen years, and yeah, dude, dude's just a grinder, man. He's just a grinder. Yeah.
1: He outlasted everybody. They just had no choice. He was the only <laughs> still around. They're like, all right, guess call Sean. I don't know who else <laughs> we got. <laughs> They probably forgot, thought he was, like, a coach on the team. They're like, wait, are you still a player? All right, well, yeah, I'm just go When there. I had
0: read somewhere that he had just, he had kept grinding because, one, he loves the game, and, two, he wanted his kids to see their dad play big league ball, and he had, their kid. his kids had not been born yet the last time he was at the major league level, so he wow. just kept grinding and grinding and grinding, and, uh. Now his kids get to see him. That's play in an incredible ball. story. So, wow!
1: Well, yeah. shout out to Sean Kazmar Jr. Uh, and hopefully you get to stick around in the MLB a little more this time. Hey, you yeah, know, see, could,
0: could, if he sticks around, I wonder if he's Rookie of the Year eligible.
1: Like, I don't. Did yeah, he play I, long I wonder. Enough? I don't. He yeah, played
0: like August and September in those years that he was right. Up. It was
1: probably a pretty quick so, like, stint. if he spent he thirteen up, years in the triple. Let's say he but. comes
0: up now. Puts together a pretty good year at age 36 and is Rookie of the Year eligible.
1: Wow. That would be – they're going to make a movie about that.
0: Oh, yeah. We had the rookie, right? Right. uh, It it wasn't Bruce Willis. It was um, Dennis Quaid. Right. Played the pitcher. Yeah. Now we're going to have –
1: We're going to have this guy.
0: Sean Casmar Jr. They're going
1: to call him – what what is it going to be called, Mitch? Uh, The geezer. The grinder. The grind. That sounds oh. that sounds like it's either a horror movie or really sexual. I don't know; it's yeah, one of the two, but it's definitely not a baseball movie. <laughs> it's not, well, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, that is true. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it would be called, but somebody will somebody will write it. Maybe we'll write it. Maybe we'll that's our it. that's gonna be our claim to fame.
0: It'll be a Sports Hour um, produced a movie.
1: Sports Hour special. Wow, incredible! I'll,
0: I'll uh, contact Jordan. Who, Fox, who are you 100%. picking
1: to pay? I'm gonna okay. So right now, I'm gonna look up a picture of. Well, yeah. I just hold gotta on. look up a picture of the guy.
0: Yeah, hold on. We gotta do this. We gotta hang with us, listeners, because
1: I just want to see what he looks like to have an idea who would play this guy. Oh, he looks a little, uh, a little uh, t- like a little northeastern.
0: Oh, that's like a maybe Mar- could that's a, a Mark little... Wahlberg. That's a Mark Wahlberg. He,
1: that right could there. be a Mark Wahlberg or a Joe Mangiello. I think that's how you say that guy's name. I don't know if Joe Maganello? Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Maybe. He's kind of buff, but he'd play like a thick version of this guy. I don't know, that'd be I like the Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Again, northeastern. He looks like, you know, he's from that area. Or maybe of the like States.
0: a um Oh. He was a Batman, but his brother who's a shittier actor. Um
1: Who's a Batman with a brother?
0: Yeah. He's friends with um he's friends with uh Matt, uh not Matt Damon. Yeah, he's friends You're with
1: Matt Damon. Thinking Ben Affleck.
0: Yeah, but who's a shittier actor brother?
1: Oh, what is is it? Chris? Affleck. Affleck. Is it? Casey Affleck. <laughs> Casey. Gosh, I was thinking Chris. Thank you. Yeah. I that'd, like, that'd like. Okay, Casey I like that.
0: Yeah, that's Casey, a Casey Affleck's
1: like. kind of an intense actor. Maybe he'd be, like, drugged out over the 13 years in the MLB and <laughs> <laughs> major <laughs> fan of our Leagues. Who knows? They make up
0: this ultimate, you're this right. like ultimate, ultimate story like, line.
1: Yeah, he's basically homeless, you know, addicted Sean to Casemar, heroin.
0: Yeah, he has a. he's living in a... <laughs> cardboard box of
1: the heroin addiction. As a pet chihuahua, that'd be great. I'd that's watch when that when
0: Sean movie. is watching the debut. He's
1: like, this is not my it's like, food. guys, Roy, you, you took some artistic liberties with my story. I don't yeah. know, man. I, I have like a wife and kids. Like, uh, That's great. I like that. Okay, so yes, if you go Google a picture, if you haven't already, as you listened to this and thought, I don't know what this guy looks like. And uh, leave us a voice message on Anchor. Let us know who you think should play this guy in the movie that Mitch and I are definitely not going to write about his story. It's going to be incredible. Right. Incredible time. Uh, Mitch, that is it for the news. This podcast stinks. It is. I agree. I agree. Thanks <laughs> let's spice for spice it up. <laughs> thanks for the in podcast commentary about how well we're doing, Mitch.
0: Let's spice it up. A let's get to NFL draft, baby. Come on, let's go. M-
1: Mitch's internal monologue of the listeners at 20 minutes in is
0: <laughs> like those are usually thoughts I keep inside until the end of it. But this time I'm like, man, wow. This podcast so you're not enjoying
1: stinks. this at all? Is what you're saying? No, oh, I'm cool. loving no, the conversation. Okay. But, you no, it's cool. I we see just tried
0: is. to describe someone over audio. Like, well, I mean,
1: yeah, okay, fair enough. But we had to know, okay.
0: We did have to know. We and we know. also
1: only took, like, three minutes. So, you know what, people? Just it's all skip, good. What are you going to do? Just skip past that next I time guess, guess. Yeah, if you don't like it, whatever. Uh, okay, Mitch. <laughs> we're going to do a mock draft of the first round of the NFL draft. Yes. Uh, we have predetermined uh, that I will be picking for the odd-numbered teams, and Mitch will be picking for the even. Yes. Uh, we're not doing trades, for the sake of uh, just the complexity of it, uh, we, uh, we we might discuss possible trade options and, and, and you know, potential fits for trade partners, because I think that's a definite part of this. Um, but ultimately, uh, I think this is, uh, is going to be easier without that. So we're just going to go pick by pick and start at number one. We ready to, to just do this?
0: Yeah, you're on the clock.
1: All right, I have odds first overall, Mitch. um, As much as I would like to pretend like I could do anything else here, uh, I'm just going to draft Trevor Lawrence because he's the best guy available and anyone who says otherwise is just doing it for attention. Like there's just, it's just, it is what it is. Trevor Lawrence is the best prospect in this draft, and it's not close to me. I think he has everything you would want in an NFL quarterback as a prospect, uh, and he all he has done in college is prove he can play at a very high level and win. So what else would you want in, a, in the first overall pick if you're taking a quarterback? It's easy, bitch.
0: I mean, I'm glad that you uh, wound up getting the odd numbered picks here because I didn't want to do the number one pick because it's boring. It's, it's not even a pick. It's, it's like boring. a waste. It's like, it, no, we know exactly what's going to happen. I
1: mean, Right. The draft doesn't start at the 101. starts at the 102. I mean, well, with, with the real draft might actually start at the 103 with the rumors of how the Jets feel about a particular quarterback here. But, I mean, that's where the questions become at number two. Number one, there is no question.
0: No, there is there's no question. It's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's been the number one overall pick since the end of last year's draft. I mean, this has been the guy since last you know since the college since football his season. freshman
1: year. Can we be honest? Since like three <clears throat> years ago when he broke out as a freshman, it was like all right, yeah, that guy's a future number one overall pick. Like the kids kid look good his
0: entire career. you know? So yeah, no, I I. I, I agree. I mean, there, there's not even a debate about who this is. It's Trevor Lawrence. When you get to one Oh two though. Um, I don't think there's much debate at this pick either. However, I don't think this player is the second best player in the draft. Um, but I think that he is going to be, uh, the number two pick because he is going to be, um, yeah, right there. The second best quarterback in the draft. And that would be Mr. Zach Wilson of BYU. Um, I know there's been some rumors floating around how they were concerned about his shoulder or elbows, something that they saw on his pro day, his workout. Um, apparently, that's kind of just been a bunch of bull. Um, it's kind of a fake report. Um, Zach Wilson is, I think, far and away the second best quarterback in this draft, Um and his just pure athleticism, he's got a. I I mean, obviously he's got the arm, but his athleticism and his playmaking ability is what makes him so attractive. And especially um, to the New York Jets where they need kind of that spark plug type of guy. I don't know if Sam Darnold's that type of guy. Sam Darnold is a pocket passer.
1: Sam Darnold's boring. Like, yes. and no yes. offense to the guy, he's now the, <laughs> the quarterback of my favorite team in the NFL. And I've been a Sam Darnold advocate, but yeah, he is not exciting as a player, as a person, no offense to him, Zach Wilson. Like you watch him play, and it is electric. It's exciting. I want New comp York him. City as a market needs an exciting player at the at the face of its franchise. You know,
0: I want to comp Zach Wilson to Steve Young, and that I, I, it's listen. What, it the is arm, the comp. It's the, the comp. The arm talent with the athleticism, the ability to use the feet. Zach Wilson is a right-handed Steve Young in my mind.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, it's an easy comp, to the BYU, BYU so, like, the yeah. BYU things, it's easy, but it really is, like, the way that he plays, the electric nature of his game, and you mention it, it's the creativity is what makes Zach Wilson stand out in this class of quarterbacks. Like, the arm talent is equal to, you know, maybe lesser than some of the other guys, Fields, Lance, you know, Lawrence, all great arm, Zach's got great arm talent, he's a very accurate quarterback, uh, you know, he has a lot of the same tools, what makes makes him stand out is his creativity. Outside the pocket, making plays happen, keeping his eyes downfield, making big time throws, placing it only where his guy get you know can get it, and he's doing it on the run across his body. That is what makes Zach Wilson stand out in this in this draft class, and that's why he's going to be the number two pick in the draft. And I do think he's the second best quarterback in this draft. And I mean, I've watched him his entire college career. I started covering BYU when he was a freshman, uh, and and I remember his first game and his first start the uh, kid kid has always had this potential to see him put it together this year was awesome and he I, I really do think uh it's a it's a great fit in New York I really do
0: I will say something about his face though and I saw this meme and I don't know if you saw this one Zach Wilson looks like a someone who would play Zach Wilson in a Disney channel movie about Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like,
1: listen. Yeah. He's got the baby face. Like, you know, he looks like he's 15. It's great. I mean, listen, like he does, he's not a big guy either. He's six two, two fifteen, Right. So he just, he has got to look that's a little not small. A bad, that's but, not a bad quarterback size though. But I mean, that is a little small for what the NFL would really want, but I will say he's also 21 years old. I mean, he was a true junior, so he has... Like, he's not, he's not to his physical peak yet. I mean, he's not going to get any taller, but guy could put on a, you know, 10 or 15 more pounds to just be a little sturdier, you know, when you're taking hits from, you know, giant monsters in the NFL, which is what defensive lines exist. So, uh, anywho, yes, Zach Wilson, I'm obviously on board with that. Like, you know, I, it's, it's a BYU guy. I, you know, I've watched him this last three years and I, I really do think he's the real deal. Uh, and I, and I like it with the Jets. So Mitch, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, it's me with the San Francisco 49ers who traded up from 12 uh, to move up to three. The NFL and the rumors uh, have been since the move that they are moving up to get uh, Mac Jones. Uh, I am not selecting Mac Jones because I get to do this based on what I would do. And uh, the obvious choice here is to draft Justin Fields. Out of Ohio State. He is, uh, him and Zach, I think, are pretty close. I think it's fair if somebody has Fields over Wilson. I think it's fair if somebody has Wilson over Fields. I think they're both really high-level talents. I don't understand the knocks on Fields and why he's fallen to uh, you know, arguably the fifth quarterback in this class, it seems. Uh The consensus is on him. And, and if that's the case, somebody's going to get a steal Uh, when they select him in the late, uh, you know, top 10 or, you know, even beyond into the teens. But if I was the Niners, I'd be drafting Justin Fields at number three. And you're set at quarterback. I think he can play now. He is shown to be able to play at a high level in Ohio State. Uh, I would feel comfortable giving him the reins week one in this NFL season with that great team around him and say, all right, let's go do this thing. And I think he could do it. Uh, So that's what I would do. Justin Fields, number three.
0: Yeah, uh, i Like I said, I don't think that's what San Francisco will do, but I think that's the right one. Um, I think that's the right pick. I like like Justin Fields and Trey Lance about the same. I like Justin Fields and Trey Lance about the same. I think that either one would have been a good pick at number three.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I don't think the Niners would go wrong if they picked Lance here either, though I do think maybe there's less – uh, ability to throw him him in right away and let him play. I think Lance is the type of prospect who would be better off with a little time on the bench and a little acclamation based on North Dakota State and having not played basically an entire year. You know, Justin Fields has played at the highest level of college football uh, and, you know, has done that, you know, consistently for the last couple of years. So that would be my only thought there with the Niners, but I don't think it's a bad pick either if they went that way.
0: Yeah, no, and... Like you said, like you said, this you know this pick is what you think they should do, not what they're going to do. Um, I still think that they legitimately traded up to get Mac Jones, and I think that they'll take Mac Jones, and it'll be a mistake. Um, but going off the scenario, because this is our world that we're creating now, and this is the world we're living in. Justin Fields is at three.
1: It's a great so, future, by the way. This and, is going to be great for every team in here.
0: And in a lot of mock <laughs> drafts, I'm seeing Mac Jones going to San Francisco. So, obviously, Atlanta's got to take Justin Fields, right? He's going to be the successor to Matt Ryan. That's I've seen I've seen a lot of mock drafts with four quarterbacks in the first four picks. But if I'm Atlanta now, and now I'm like, ooh, do I really want to take – do I really like Trey Lance enough to take him here? Because I haven't even talked about much about Trey Lance. And I don't know if I – I don't really think they like Mac Jones enough to take him at number four. Um, When I'm looking at the Falcons' other needs, I see a lot of, like, corner and safety needs as well. Their secondary was pretty weak, so you might think about taking a cornerback here um, if your guy in Justin Fields is gone. But I think that they probably still go get the quarterback and Trey Lance goes number four if Justin Fields goes. Um, I don't think that they are all in it on. They're not. I don't think they're anywhere near as far in on Mac Jones as the Niners are. Um, and I think if you're going to miss out on Justin Fields by one pick, Trey Lance is a pretty darn good consolation. So I but yeah I would take Trey Lance here.
1: Well, and again, I think the timeline of the team Lance would almost make more sense. I mean, the Falcons can't move on from Matt Ryan this season. Uh, if they did next season, it'd be a $40 million cap hit. So, you know, even if you bit the bullet and got rid of him next year, that is a huge detriment to your cap. So they're tied to Matt Ryan for, you know, uh, like at least two years, it seems like. So Trey Lance, if you look at him as a guy, he's maybe a little raw, very young. I mean, he's 20 years old. Like he'll be 21 when the season starts. He's very young. So, you know, if you're like... You know, keep him around for two years, learns from Matt Ryan, we move on, he's our guy. That's a great scenario, I think, for the Falcons. And it would be hard, I think, to pass up on a quarterback in this draft, especially one like that. When you're up so high, and if Matt Ryan's your starting quarterback for the next couple years, you're probably not drafting four overall, right, or things have gone horribly wrong.
0: And honestly, if you're the Falcons, pretty good situation for your quarterback of the future to be playing behind Matt Ryan. I mean, Absolutely. Matt Ryan would be a great guy to play behind. So,
1: And a new head coach who can groom a system around his talents, can really see what he does well, can really build a team around that. You know, that, that would be a, a great situation, I think. Yeah. So, I like that. And ultimately, Mitch, uh, I, I think it, what will actually happen here is a trade. Somebody's going to move up to four. And, and it might be Trey Lance is the pick. But it's not the Falcons taking him. It's the Broncos or the Patriots, you know.
0: I I was going to mention that before I got into it. Um, Really, realistically, the scenario I see here, if Justin Fields goes three, is that the Broncos make a move to trade up to four to get Trey Lance. Right. The Falcons fall to nine, and they go get one of those corners.
1: Um, And they end up with Sertan or or J.C. Horn, which would be great. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah, would be great for them. Yeah. So, uh, no, absolutely, I'm on board. But if they stay and, and that in a guy like that's available, I think you got to pull the trigger there. So okay. that's great. All right. So four quarterbacks in a row. It's not going to be five. Mitch Cincinnati Bengals on the clock, and it might be if they trade out. Uh, but we're not trading out in this scenario. And there's been a debate on uh, on Twitter. I've seen quite a bit on whether the Bengals should take Penay Sewell or whether they should take Jamar Chase. Uh, You know, do they take the offensive lineman? Do they take the offensive weapon? If it was me, and in this case it is, I'm taking Pene Sewell. Yeah. I'm taking my left tackle for the next decade who's going to protect my precious quarterback, a guy you just spent a number one pick on last year in Joe Burrow. And listen, offensive weapon, you know, I don't think they could go wrong if they took Pitts, Chase, uh, you know, Sewell. I don't think any of those are bad picks. But investing in the offensive line, I think, is always the right move. It's easier to go find a pass-catching option. It's a lot harder and more expensive to find a star left tackle in the league. Those guys don't become available, and if you're going to trade for one, look at what Houston had to give up for Laramie Tunsil. Two first-round picks. I mean, that's the price for, for a guy at that level, you know, if you're looking for one. So go get your guy in Penesul. Easy.
0: Well, it's easy based, for me. based on the measurables and, and what we've been told about Penn A. Sewell is this is a generational type guy. This is a guy you do not pass up if you have the opportunity to take him and you have a needed offensive line. So, um, yeah, this is the easy pick for me. I think, the, and I'm on board with you, that Cincinnati would it, Cincinnati would be foolish not to take an offensive lineman here. You just I would,
1: I would think Kyle Pitts. I would really consider Kyle Pitts. Mm. I really would. No, I just, really would. But
0: You just invested a number one overall pick and all this time and money into into Joe Burrow, who supposedly, you know, he was last year's Trevor Lawrence. He was a can't miss. And you have to get in with as much time as Joe Burrow spent getting flushed out of the pocket because of pressure and how much he, time he spent on his back because he was getting hit so often. You have to get someone to protect him. And Penny Sewell's the guy for the job. You have Fair to enough. get someone to block for him.
1: Fair enough. All right, Mitch, you're at six with Miami. What are you doing?
0: Oh, boy. this is
1: You've got all the options at pass catcher that you could want. Any any single one. This is ideal for, for Miami. If this is the real-life scenario where they could get anybody, who their first pick, that is great.
0: Yeah. You know, they have the tight end there. So I think Mike Gesicki. they only got a couple years ago. I don't think they go Kyle Pitt. I don't think Kyle Pitts goes here just yet. I
1: don't I, they, I, I, I don't think Mike Gasecki should stop you from drafting Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is basically a wide receiver. Like he's not a, you know this guy is, does so much more at tight end. I don't I don't I don't think that would preclude them
0: Unless they per and, well, se, okay but. so if I'm putting myself in the position of the fact that I am selecting the pick for the Miami Dolphins, right? Right. I need someone that could I okay if I'm looking for someone to be that outside guy, I don't know if Kyle Pitts is that outside guy that I want. No,
1: right, right. So, and I think, if that's what you're looking for, and, that's not. Him. And I think yeah.
0: that's what the biggest need right now, as far as pass catching weapons, that the Miami Dolphins needs. Mike Gesicki, I'm not saying is a better option than Kyle Pitts, but he's serviceable sure. enough that you can get that job done. You need to address the outside because, uh, you know, Parker's not. Parker's not the answer
1: Parker's right not the I answer. mean listen I I'm a I'm a Gesicki, you know he's on my dynasty football team like I, I you know I'm, <laughs> I like the guy
0: <laughs> yeah I traded him to you
1: I traded, right. I, I traded
0: him to you I mean yeah he's a he's a great player but I okay think so I, if you're
1: not taking pits and you're looking for the outside option what's what's the play
0: I gotta go jamar Chase I think I'm gonna go jamar Chase here. Uh, that outside guy, guy that can stretch the field, um, is going to be a great deep threat for, for Tua, um... Yeah, you have to get, they have yep. to get an outside guy here, I, and he's the best wide receiver in
1: the draft. So, I, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in this draft. I think he would be, if you're looking that way, that's the way to go. And I think he can do a little bit of everything. Uh, he, he is very, he's just an all around, very talented player. Uh, and I think he's just going to be able to win at the NFL. So, uh, I think that's a great pick, and I'm sure Tua would love that. And ultimately, what this is is addressing, uh, giving your young quarterback more weapons, uh, which is what they need in Miami. So whether it's Pitts or Chase or Devonta Smith, whoever it is, you're getting your guy and Tua a better opportunity to succeed with more weapons around him, and that is the right move, you know, no matter who it is, I think, per se. So Miami, Jamar Chase, first wide receiver off the board. Now I'm at Detroit. Hmm. This, you know what? Okay, I've got it. This this is the one. I I we just talked about Gasecki, and like I just said, you it can't stop you from drafting Pitts. But then I'm like, okay, well, Detroit is T.J. Hawkinson.
0: And do you really and want they to just, spend the move on him?
1: And they just spent a top 10 pick on that guy. And how much value are you getting with those two guys doing similar things? Now, Hawkinson's, I don't think, is not nearly the prospect of talent of And they just lost Kenny
0: Galladay. And they just lost Kenny Galladay.
1: Gosh dang it, Mitch. You've convinced me.
0: Can't, can't go Pitts here. You
1: can't. I would love to go Pitts, uh but I think I'm going to go Devonta Smith here. And yeah. the thing is, is that's not a bad pick either. Cause again, you just need weapons. You need Detroit's at a place where they just need talent guys, uh blue chip talent, right? Top tier talent. Uh, you went and got Jeff Akuda. didn't have a great rookie season, but I still think he's got you know plenty in him. I, I wouldn't worry about him per se yet. So you got that guy on the defense, go get an offensive weapon here. Devonte Smith, I think, is a is not a bad pick at all. Even though I love Pitts, it was hard for me. But the, the, that is it's hard to justify. And now you've ju- if you take Pitts in the last three or four years, you just spent two top ten picks on tight ends, and that is just not a good idea. No, it, whether it's Kyle Pitts or not, I just can't do that. So, all right, we'll take Devonte Smith. And that, Mitch, you've got my Panthers. Don't mess this up, my friend. We need a good draft. Okay, like we need some help. What are we doing?
0: What's your number one need on offense, Allen?
1: A uh, freaking quarterback, but I please don't give me Mac Jones. No,
0: <laughs> you need a tight end. I'm going Kyle Pitts, the Carolina Panthers.
1: Let's go, baby. This, yes, I honestly, mean- Mitch, this is like in this sort of scenario in the draft. If if one of those top four quarterbacks doesn't fall to eight, and if they do, I want the Panthers to still take that guy despite Darnold. If those guys don't fall, and Sewell doesn't fall. I want pits that would be like the best case scenario this is a fantastic scenario for the Panthers
0: yeah and I this seems like a very realistic scenario here I mean by the way I mean they just they haven't had a good weapon they haven't had a good weapon at the tight end position for the last few years literally since probably Greg Olson left they haven't
1: had yeah one which century. was only last year uh but he was not very good the year before banged up you know it's been a it's been a couple years since he was at his you know pro bowl level
0: right um and you might as well give sam Darnold if he wants to have a career revival might as well give him what i think kyle pitts is is the second best player in the draft go give him Uh, the biggest weapon in the draft in kyle pitts who realistically can fall to you at eight purely based on needs of the other teams this is not like this is not an unrealistic scenario he could very realistically he could realistically fall out of the top 10 and we wouldn't I, be. I don't know about
1: that. Like, I, I don't think he would, but, but I mean, to eight, I think is definitely I mean, possible. There, there are
0: other needs. There are other there are teams with other needs at cornerback and wide receiver where he might slip to 11 or 12. I'm not saying he's going to slip to like 15, 16. I'm not saying that right. at all. But if he slips to 11 or 12, I'm not going to be super shocked. This seems like a very realistic landing spot for Kyle Pitts, and I think he would be a great fit in Carolina.
1: Yeah, I would love this, and and what a offensive arsenal for Sam Darnold: DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Kyle Pitts, and Christian McCaffrey. That's Are a, you kidding me? That is a ton of like,
0: size and speed on the
1: field. That is that is speed, and that is just balance. That is that's awesome. Uh, I mean, I, that is that's the perfect scenario if you're gonna get the best out of Sam Darnold. You give him that, you're going to have a shot at seeing what the best is. So, Mitch, you nailed it. Fantastic pick, nice. pick for my guys. Keep pounding. All right, we're to Denver. Keep pounding. <laughs> Denver at number nine. Uh, we've got a couple wide receivers off the board, tight end. Uh, Broncos, secondary is going to be their big thing. And I think they're probably pretty happy uh, that they get first pick at uh, their top pass ca- uh, You know, I guess defensive back here, uh, and I'm going to go with my top guy, Patrick Sertan.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean best best cornerback in the draft,
1: best best yeah, defensive I player, so. in the best
0: defensive player in the draft, I think. So
1: Oh, interesting. I think, yeah, I mean, he might be. He's definitely up there. I mean, in this case, he's the first one drafted, right? The ninth pick is the first time a defensive player comes off the board, which is pretty surprising. Uh, But that's probably what it's going to be like this year, Mitch, because of all the offensive talent and just the number of quarterbacks uh, that are going to be looked at here. So Patrick Sertan helps with that defense. Uh, I think that's a good pick. Uh, You know, listen, like if they went Michael Parsons here, I wouldn't fault them either. I, I wouldn't, you know, I think adding just even more to the edge, to the depth along the front seven, uh, as a guy who's a little versatile can play, you know, edge, could play some linebacker. I don't think that's a bad pick either, but the obvious need is in the secondary. So Sertan just makes too much sense.
0: Oh, yeah, far too much sense. So, all right, Mitch, to
1: Dallas, number 10.
0: Uh, Dallas. Well, I was actually, if I'm Dallas, I'm hoping Sertan falls to 10 because they need some serious help in the secondary. Um. Man. You know They don't need any other wide receivers. Okay. They have a they have a plethora of those. <laughs> they have a plethora of those. I don't think they they might reach for another corner here. And actually, you know what? I am gonna put down a corner. I'm gonna go JC Horn from South Carolina.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, I, and I, I think that's definitely a possibility. He is um he is you know, fast rising on draft boards right now, especially with the news of Caleb Farley's back surgery and his injury. Uh, I think the expectation is Farley's still going to go in the first round. It's not like some super precipitous drop, but outside of the top 15, top 20, potentially, you know, you know, in the play for, for Caleb Farley. So the second quarterback off the board is likely to be JC Horn. And with that need, Makes sense for the Cowboys to go that direction,
0: you know. And, the, and there's other people, there's other places that they could go to. There's Elijah Vera Tucker that's still there. Um, you, Rashawn
1: Slater's still on Rashawn the board, Slater's and that would be on the board. A great. Yeah, um,
0: you you could also look at guys like, um, uh, I'm sorry, Micah Parsons. Um, you know, these other defensive pieces because the Cowboys' defense was so bad last year that they need to revamp that. some now I know right. they were missing guys like Leighton Vander Esch. Um, they were, they missed him for the majority of the year. Um Right, but defense piece, but is
1: the place they should be looking here they at number be, ten. Especially as in, long as the board falls that way. Especially you know. in
0: the secondary. What was that? They gave up like a I forget what the stat was, but wasn't it like a cup like a few four hundred yard games in a row last year? It was like something along crazy yeah, along wow. those lines. So right. um, yeah, J C Horn I think would be a, a just a fine pick there at number ten.
1: All right, I like that. Now, so this is an interesting board for the Giants here uh, at number eleven. There are a few a few ways that I'm looking. I, I'm, you know, offensive line and investing the offensive line. I think is always good. They have a need at guard, and Rashawn Slater, even though projected to be able to play tackle, will probably ultimately slide into guard and be a really high level guard. Um, Giants could go look there even though they took O-line uh, in the draft with Maca- or with uh, Andrew Thomas last year. Uh, I also think pass catcher uh, and a guy like Jalen Waddle could be an option here too as they look to add weapons around Daniel Jones. But I am going to go with Micah Parsons here, mm. uh, the linebacker out of Penn State, because that defense just needs to get better. And ultimately, you look at... Uh, a defense that has a lot of solid pieces, but no stars, right? No, like, high-level players. Maybe James Bradbury after a great season as a uh, his first year in New York. Uh, I don't know if he's—I don't think he's quite there, but he had a really solid season uh, for them. You, you need to just add— talent like that and Michael Parsons if Patrick Sertan isn't the best defensive player in my opinion it's Michael Parsons uh so that to me can't pass a guy like that up take him at 11 uh and just add to your defense
0: yeah yeah I I mean I think that whoever Newark York, New York takes uh is is a win for them because they need to add in a lot of different places
1: yeah um, and any of those directions just don't, would just, have been honestly helpful, honestly you know? take
0: anything but running back because you're good at running. Back. So just take anything else. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, no, I think that's a great, I think that's a great ad um, for, uh, for New York. Uh, number 12. is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, wound up with the 12th pick. This is from Miami via San Francisco. So one of those weird picks that has been moved around three times now. Um, I guess technically twice it's with its third team is what it is. But um, look, it, it's hard. It's, I have, I have reservations about taking a wide receiver here because I don't know if because of the size of the, the remaining wide receivers, I don't know if pairing it up with Jalen Rager is really a good combination. There's nothing, there's no size here. And this is where Kyle mm. Pitts would fit well.
1: I, I get what. I, so I this is this is personnel match, right? Yes. If you draft Jalen Waddle, who, who would technically who would be the next, you know, the guy you would want here. Is that too similar to the skill set of Jalen Rager exactly. that you're not getting value? That is a fair point, and maybe this, if the board falls like this, maybe they then opt to trade back to later in the first round, where you could get a Rashad Bateman or a Terrence Marshall Jr. out of LSU guys that are bigger, more possession wide receivers, uh, which would be more of of maybe what they need. That's a fair point, Mitch. Yeah, that's a fair point.
0: I, and that and that yeah, that's exactly it. This the skill set that Jalen Waddle has is just too too similar to for to Jalen Rager for me to take him. Okay. Um, but they do also have a need on the offensive line, particularly interior offensive line. So this is where I go, Elijah Vera Tucker um, from USC. Okay.
1: So you take Elijah Vera Tucker over Rashawn Slater.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's particularly interior offensive line that they need the help on because they still got late guys like Lane Johnson there. Um, they they're good on the edges. They they need some help on from from the guards in, and I feel like if you're gonna predicate a lot of your game planning around um, Jalen Hurts and and um, Miles Sanders and using maybe a lot of read option and a lot of uh, RPO stuff, you're gonna want that interior blocking locked down. So getting guys like Elijah Vera Tucker uh, would be would be. a a fantastic addition to this team. I like it. Yeah,
1: no, I I totally get where you're going here. Uh, And I I think you can't go wrong addressing the offensive line, especially with the young quarterback. And you bring up a great point. You're going to want to run the ball. Look at the way that the Baltimore Ravens have invested into the offensive line because of Lamar Jackson, because of what you do they would be wise to follow that. I would go Rashawn Slater because I think you just bump him inside and he's probably great. But Elijah Veritaker is probably going to go in about this range. Uh, And so I don't think that's a bad pick at all. I think, you know, this is definitely very possible on draft day. I I
0: mean, to think about it like this, yeah, sure, it is probably a little bit less difficult to transition from tackle to guard than it is guard to tackle. But if you can get the number one Interior offensive lineman, that number one guard in the entire draft, rather than the number two tackle and try to convert him to guard, might as well take the guard. So, sure. And sure. they're, no, they're going to go you. around the same. They're similar. I mean, they're sim- it's going to be similar talents anyway. So, might as well take it.
1: All right. Yeah. Okay. So, offensive line, Elijah Tucker, 12 13, Mitch. Uh, this, honestly, I. I wouldn't have thought this way, but the way the bo- the board has fallen, I'm taking Jalen Waddle for the Chargers. Uh, I would think offensive line here, and Rashawn Slater would really tempt me now that he's fallen to me at 13, but I look at Justin Herbert w- a- a- and the weapons around him, and listen, Keenan Allen, great receiver, you know, big catch kind of guy, tough receiver. Mike Williams is a deep threat. He's got size. What they don't have is the shifty, quick, uh, you know, option that you could put on end arounds. You could give screen passes, and Jalen Waddle would do that perfectly for the Chargers. And you're setting your quarterback up for success uh, by by giving him a player like that. And you know, Keenan Allen not getting any younger towards the end of his career. Mike Williams, you know, has been good, but he hasn't been anything special. Nothing that uh you know makes you feel like he's a you know franchise piece moving forward invest into a pass catcher to pair along with uh your young quarterback jalen Waddle, 13 to the chargers
0: yeah i mean this is a great guy i think something that's very underrated not talked about enough with jalen Waddle, is his route running ability um this guy runs very crisp routes and like you said quick shifty guy that they don't really have uh they have the big deep threat guys but they have that guy now that can run those option routes they can he can sit down in the middle of a pocket, or he can actually get you know get to the corner, stretch the field a little bit. Has tons of speed. They have a guy now. You know, if you take him there at number thirteen, now you have a guy that can run those three to fifteen yard routes and and just be a possession guy and wear you down. Um, Jalen Waddle, great pick, I think, at thirteen. If he falls there, I'm, I'm gonna I'll be. I'll be amazed, but, you know. Yeah, and it'd be
1: a big win, obviously, huge for huge the Chargers. Pick. You know, that would be yeah. that'd be fantastic for them. All right, Mitch, Vikings at 14.
0: <sighs> another tough pick. <laughs> this is another tough pick for the Vikings. Um... You know they have a need on they have a need on the offensive line. I think they have a need on the defensive side too. Uh, just defensively, they struggled. Um, I think. Mm. You know, let, let's go, Rashawn Slater here. Yeah, I think Rashawn Slater is the type pick, the right pick here. Um, he slipped this far. You have some needs on the offensive line. Might as well get another big body up front to block for Dalvin Cook and uh, Kirk Cousins. And, you know, make sure that that's solidified. Rashawn Slater slipped this far. Might as well take him at 14.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's the right move there. Uh, you know, and if he's not there, I think maybe you start dipping your toes into the edge class, which we haven't seen uh, really anybody off the defensive line yet. Uh, and, and they would have first picks, you know. But I think it would be hard to pass on Slater. Uh, I think that's smart. The only the and only other pick,
0: pick here that would make sense is Aziz o- or Ojulari. That would be the only right. other pick that I think that would make sense here. But, you know, you got to take Rashawn Slater if he's at there at 14. Got to take Yeah,
1: I think so. I think so. All right, Mitch, I am uh, with New England at 15. And listen, I'm just going to do this to get it over with.
0: I, I think I Mainly know it, yeah. so
1: that we don't have to peg this guy into a team later. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to just take Mac Jones. Because yeah. the thing is, is – The Patriots quarterback situation is in is in flux. Listen, they re-signed Cam and they're going to give it another shot. And I think that's a smart move on their part. It's a low investment uh, and the ceiling is high, I think. You know, worst case scenario, you end up like last year, which was seven and nine. I mean, like it's not like they were horrible last year and Cam was arguably not even that good and he missed a couple games, too. You know, he wasn't even play the full season. So I think it's smart to bring it back, but you need to be looking towards the future And uh, Jarrett Stidham is not the future. Uh, And Mac Jones, if he falls to 15, you don't have to move up for him. I think he's worth the shot. He's worth the risk. And if anybody can get the best out of Mac Jones, I think it's Bill Belichick and the Patriots. I mean, look what they did with Tom Brady. He was a sixth round pick. They turned that guy... I mean, listen, Tom Brady did a lot of stuff. I'm not saying it's all Bill Belichick, but system matters, right? And infrastructure and the people around you matter. We see that time and time again with quarterbacks. A lot of the success of quarterbacks is based on where they go. So getting them in a good organization, a well-run organization with a good head coach is going to lead to the most success. Uh, And, you know, Mac Jones in New England could be the best success he could have anywhere. So it's not a bad fit I'm not a huge Mac Jones fan but if there's a spot that makes the most sense to me I think this is it
0: yeah I've really I was I was high on Mac Jones just a few weeks ago um, and I that's really fallen off as I've seen a video now of the other four guys and I've, obviously the other four guys are much better than Mac Jones but you're right if there is if there's a place that he has a really good shot to succeed I think it is New England with Bill Belichick Um uh, playing with uh, J- uh, Josh McDaniels. I think that's a great uh, opportunity for him to go there. Um, there's no other team it really makes sense for him to go to, to be honest. It, there's no other team right now that it really makes sense for him to land. So um seems like the best fit for the scenario that we're in. This is our world. We're just writing it up as we right. go, and this is yeah, just I- the best fit for him. So.
1: I think the only other spot is if he falls to the Washington, Chicago range, where you think, you know what, like you don't have the answer at QB, and maybe he's worth, you know, the shot because it's not a huge investment. You didn't trade up for him, you didn't give up draft capital. He fell to you, and if he falls to you, you're going to feel better about it. I got that theory. would be the only other thought, I think. What if so.
0: we're in this scenario? I mean, New England loves trading down. Like, just like historically speaking, they love trading down and getting like fifth, sixth round picks. What if Chicago, like, they get to pick 15 and Chicago's like, oh, shit, there's still a quarterback there. We like Mac Jones enough to trade up to 15.
1: 15 15 for 20 and a third? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's easy. Like, and, and that, again, the investment there, not that much. You don't have the answer long-term. And Andy Dalton or Nick Foles, like, you need to get something in the future. And you're not going to be bad enough next year with those guys to be in the running for top quarterbacks again because look where you are this year, 20, 20th overall. So if he falls to 15, I think it would be worth the call. And New England, I definitely think, would be open to it because, again, as you uh, mentioned, that is their M.O. And I think you're right there. So. Yeah. Okay, Mitch, sixteenth uh, overall, Arizona Cardinals. What are you doing?
0: Sheesh, Arizona Cardinals. Sheesh, sheesh. Right, that's, sheesh. That's, my, that's my one of my favorite. Uh...
1: <laughs> Mitch, we're so old and out of date. I... We can't even. Can we even do that? Like, are we allowed? It's one.
0: It's one of my favorite TikTok things. I'm saying now. Sheesh. So, <laughs>
1: um,
0: look, Cardinals need quarterback. They need interior offensive line. Um, they have needs in a lot of places. Um, they just signed James Conner to a deal. So, um, really, I feel like their running back room is kind of muddled up right now with guys that are just going to kind of share a workload. So, if you take a running back here, or if I'm selecting for them, I don't want to take a running back here that I have a lot of trust could be a star in the future because it's kind of muddled. We, we're, we're a little bit overwhelmed at the running back position with a bunch of stuff. Um, I... I'm gonna go and take Greg Newsom from Northwestern. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go ahead and take Greg Newsom from, from Northwestern. Uh the cornerback. Uh very athletic, tons of speed, I think is gonna fit that, that defensive uh that defensive style of Arizona very well. Uh, give me Greg Newsom, man.
1: All right. You know, Mitch, I respect this because I think cornerback is the biggest need. Right. Uh, And, and, you know, Greg Newsome is sort of rising up boards and it seems like he could maybe go in this range. And I think also maybe this is a spot where Caleb Farley, despite the injury, is worth it at 16. But I I think you're right that despite all the other sort of places you could go, I think you go corner and you address that. And I, I and I think that's probably the right move. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh great pick. We're on to seventeen. The Las Vegas Raiders. Probably
0: the hardest team to mock for, right?
1: No. Not at all. Because you
0: never know what, what Las Vegas is gonna
1: do. Well, okay, if you're trying to predict what they're gonna do, yeah. uh they're gonna yeah, draft no, they're gonna draft Kellen Mond, Mitch. That's what they're gonna freaking oh. do, because they're idiots. Uh but uh what I would do is I would address the offensive line. Address the offensive line because they just let guys go for no reason. You've got to get someone in there. Um, no Elijah Veritucker. Rashawn Slater off the board. I'm going with the next tackle up, and that's Christian Derriss out of Virginia Tech. That's where I'm going to go at 17. You need to get pieces on the offensive line. He's a tough guy. He's got the sort of uh, power aspect to him that I think John Gruden's going to love. Uh, you know, another guy here, I'm a little higher on Darris. I think Tevin Jenkins would be a fit out of Oklahoma State. I think Darris is probably a little higher on the board, so considering he hasn't gone yet, I think that's where they go at 17. Okay.
0: Yeah, I like that pick. I'm mean, a big physical guy, um, and you're right. They they need to address. They have a lot of needs right now, and they mm-hmm. offensive line is one of those needs. Um, and uh, might as well address it here at eighteen, if at eighteen or seventeen. Excuse me, when you have a, a guy like Christian Darrisaw available. So, yep. Okay, number eighteen. Got the Miami Dolphins again. Now, look, I love this Miami Dolphins team. I think they've made a bunch of strides. Um, I don't think their running backs are enough right now. I don't think their running backs are enough. And so this is where I think they go Najee Harris. Wow. Najee at 18. Now they have another pick later in the first round. They have three first round picks. I think at like 26.
1: No. No. No, they only have two.
0: Oh, I thought it was at 26. Mm-mm. Oh no, I'm wrong. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, yeah, I think they, they go address it right now. Go address it right now and go get the guy that can eventually be that workhorse for you and and pair him back up with uh, his old Alabama teammate and get and get Najee Harris here.
1: Listen, I'm sure Tua would be stoked if uh, out of the first round he gets his guy Najee Harris and Jamar Chase uh, added to this team. I'm sure he's pretty happy, Uh And listen, I, you know, running back is a need and and Miami is going to address that. If I were them, I would wait to the second round. Uh, You have an early enough pick, I think, in the top 50 that you're going to be able to get, uh, you know, one of Harris, Etienne and Javante Williams who are have emerged as the tier the top tier of running back uh but you know it it is a need and he's a great player and he'll probably be fantastic for them immediately so why you know mess around end up with the third best guy if that's your guy go get him uh and you know help out your young quarterback as we talked about so i respect it mitch i respect it all right washington football team at 19 as we get into the uh The playoff teams here, uh, you know, quarterbacks still going to be a, a question mark, but uh, five guys off the board are not going to go there. There are some intriguing defensive players, Mitch, but I am a big advocate. And in this draft specifically with you, the depth of talent along the offensive line in the first three rounds, I think teams would be foolish to pass on guys. I think addressing the offensive line with how many options there are in this draft, you just have to do it. So I'm going to go Tevin Jenkins here Ooh. for Washington because they need help along the offensive line. It, and that's the best player available at this point in my mind. So,
0: Wow. I, that's not where I thought you'd go. I thought you were going really? to go Landon Dickerson, to be honest with you. Oh,
1: you know, well, let's talk about him right here because I think the injury thing is going to be really hard. I think Landon Dickerson is probably going to be great Pro, but he's had he has a long injury history, and that's true. Uh, yeah. th- this late this late injury here that kind of kept him out of this this postseason sort of situation. I think he gets drafted in the first, but maybe not top twenty. I think a team twenty five on maybe takes the gamble because there that's a playoff team that doesn't have clear needs that could take on a guy with some injury risk. They could afford that. I think Washington. Can't afford a guy with that much risk in him. Get maybe more of a sure bet here uh, along the offensive line. But listen, I really do like Landon Dickerson. And whoever gets him, if he stays healthy, will get a steal in the draft, no doubt. It's hard to make that pick, you know, with the risk, uh, you know, uh, attached to it. Right. Sam. All right, Tevin Jenkins at 19. Mitch, you've got your Chicago Bears. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing? The board, did it fall the way that you wanted? Not, uh, not at all. And what are you doing here? Not at all. <laughs> Who were you hoping for at 20? Who? What is the ideal scenario for you and your Bears?
0: Uh, Honestly, I would have taken Tevin Jenkins. I would have taken Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. Um, I wish... One of the top corners would have fallen. So there's still one there, Um, and I think we could still use some help at corner. Uh, We need help in a lot of places, to be honest with you. Uh, Corner cornerback is one of them. Offensive line is so crucial for us, though. Um, I think we take Caleb Farley. I think we take Caleb Farley, Farley here. If
1: he's And I think this is a good spot. I, I think the it's worth the risk on this fall because, I mean, this was a guy, a lot of people viewed him as the best corner in the draft ahead of Sertan mm-hmm. pre-back surgery. So if that's who that guy ends up beca- becoming, you just got him at 20. You're pairing him up with Jalen Johnson who you drafted the second round and all the other talent in, in the secondary for Chicago. That's a fantastic move.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I think the only other place I would have gone would have probably been uh, uh, Kadarius Tony. That might have been the only other one that I would have gone uh, outside of defense. That are probably the only place I would have gone because. Right. Okay. But um, yeah. Caleb Farley, all right. welcome to the Chicago Caleb Bears. Caleb Farley, Baradon. all
1: right, there we go. Baradon, all right, Indianapolis Colts up next. Uh, and Mitch, I'm just realizing as we look at our board that not a single uh, defensive edge, defensive line player has really has come off the board at all here.
0: No, I, I think uh, that's based it, it, off need. I think that's based off need.
1: There's a lot of need, and, and the thing is, in this edge class, uh, there is a lot of question marks. There's not a sure thing. Uh, there's a lot of potential uh, it's not a solid you know there's four or five guys I think kind of grouped together and it'll depend on how teams feel about them if the right guy falls to them maybe they take them uh, but I if I'm the Colts I'm looking at this and saying you know they're my guy any any of these guys are available who do I want uh, I think I'm gonna go quitty pay here ah. for the Indianapolis Colts quitty pay. Out of Michigan, uh, he's got a lot of size. I think he work, he'd work really well um, in the Colts sort of defense. And uh, you're putting him alongside your all-pro defensive tackle, DeForest Buckner, who they just traded for last year, uh, further solidifying a strength on your defense, I think is the right move. So I'm going to go pay, but I think Aziz Ojalari, Jalen Phillips, I think any of those uh, are going to be in the mix here. And again, it'll just depend on who they feel like fits best and who they're highest on.
0: And great point that you made too. uh, Putting him on the other side of DeForest Buckner too, just gives him that much more opportunity to succeed when you have that much focus put on DeForest Buckner. Um, Putting him in 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 a situation to succeed on a good team, um yeah Quitty pay i love the pick
1: okay i love the pick all right
0: 22 we got the tennessee titans looking at their needs a lot of corner wide receiver um offensive tackle uh safety tight end kind of a kind of Scattered needs. There's not really. They've one got focus. Jeff
1: Swaim. What do they need tight end for? Mitch? Got, Come on, they got our boy. Come on, Jeff. what are you they talking need, about? Nah, you're right. They don't need tight end. I'm
0: sorry, you're right. They don't need tight end. They got Jeff Swain. <laughs> that's our boy. Um, you know, I'm gonna go Kadarius Tony here.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, I, feel I like think that, that's I, smart. Pick. I feel
0: like that's that fits what. Tennessee wants to do, which is this short to intermediate pass game and pound the, you know, just pound the ground with uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, Kadarius Tony is one of those guys that I feel like could could be one of those quick shifty underneath guys, but has enough speed to stretch the field down the sideline um, for uh, Ryan Tannehill. Love love the player himself. Uh, so let's go with Kadarius Tony.
1: Yeah, and I think you're looking here to somebody to pair with A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown has a lot of yak capability, but he's a big, he's not like a huge, you know, he's not a Mike Evans type, but he's a bigger receiver, a more of a bully type guy. Uh, To get a quick, shifty sort of complement to that, I think, is the right move here. And Kadarius Toney, after the top three, he's sort of that next best option if that's the type of wide receiver that you're looking for. Uh, I'm a little higher on a couple other guys in that mold, but I do think and it seems like the NFL is trending towards Kadarius Tony being the fourth wide receiver off the board uh and teams being very high on him. So definitely I think uh that would is is probably the right move here and, and and we might actually see that. That you know, that it's definitely a possibility. So Okay, Mitch. Uh, New York Jets pick from Seattle. Obviously, they get uh, Zach Wilson at number two. They've got the second pick. Uh, what are they going to add to this team? Uh, and Mitch, it's going to be one of the best defensive players that has fallen. Uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa yeah. uh, from Notre Dame. Linebacker slash, slash safety slash nickel corner. uh, you know, in the mold of a lot of these modern players, the Derwin James, the Jeremy Chins, these sort of versatile players. And the Jets are in a place where they just need the best player available. If you're at 23, you take the best player available full stop. Doesn't matter what else it is. It's not quarterback. You just solved that. Anything else is on the table. Like literally anything else. The team needs anything. So, to me, that guy right here is Jeremiah Wusu koromoa Cor- Excuse me, Koromoa. I think you could go edge here. Uh, you know, Again, Azizo Jalari, Jalen Phillips, some of the guys that are still on the board, I think would be a way uh, the Jets could look as well. But that's my guy, and that just gives an electric playmaker. Robert Sala is going to have a field day with that kind of talent. I mean, he's going to have him flying around everywhere, you know, and that's going to be fantastic for that defense.
0: I'm not going to lie. That was someone I really... Thought about for a, just a hot second at number twelve for Philly,
1: right? Um, yeah. So
0: I, I, obviously, I we went with Elijah Vera Tucker, but um, yeah, just a a that's a fantastic pick. If you could, if Jeremiah Wusu koromoa falls that far, right? That's it to twenty three. That's, that's the equivalent of um, when the Baltimore got Patrick Queen. I mean, it was. It, right. I mean, this yeah. this yeah. top Fall to, to like a yeah. to guy falls all the way into the twenties. Mm-hmm. You're like, yeah, we'll take him. <laughs> like, there he is. Right. So. Yeah, because I
1: think even New England at 15 could be could be a place where he could sure. go. I think even 18 at Miami, when you look at, they have an earlier pick. Do they just take a guy again, best talent available there, and that's the guy? And they, you know, they' he could definitely go before that. So it'd be a great situation for the Jets if that if that's uh, how it works right. out. So, uh, Mitch, you're at Pittsburgh. Number 24.
0: Pittsburgh stinks, man.
1: <laughs> wow, that's not
0: very nice. Pittsburgh stinks. I mean, I don't know
1: if they stink, but... Yeah. I mean,
0: look, it, I it's, they're confusing. They're confusing because... Very much. Like, their quarterback's old, but they don't really need a quarterback. Their wide receivers are old, are, are confusing. You don't know whether they want to catch the ball or they just have bad hands or can they catch the football. Their offensive line is supposed to be good, but they're not. But they're good at the same time. They have all these running backs that are potentially good, but not really. They suck. So I think that the Steelers could go go a lot of different directions here. Um, They could go the linebacker or the edge guy um, uh, direction, and I think that's probably where they go. I'm going to go Aziz Ojulari here.
1: Okay. So you just double down on the strength of the team.
0: Yes. Well, and they just lost Bud okay. Dupree. They just lost an edge guy in Bud Dupree. So let's replace him Sure. With them. I mean, I
1: think they I think they expect, I mean, they have some guys I think they probably expect to jump in there, but I'm sure Azizo Jalari is a uh better option than whatever, you know, they have to replace Bud Dupree. I so may, that's fair. I may, that's fair. I
0: may have blown the draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I guess what? I have oh, I, I, don't I have no remorse about it. Cause Cause who cares for the Steelers. They they stink. Stink. I don't care. They I mean,
1: listen, I in my opinion, I think they would they have to go offensive line. But I, I like, but that's definitely not like a guarantee that they're gonna do that either. They very may well do again what you do, which is double down on a strength, which I also don't think is a horrible strategy, right? If you have a strength, double down on it, make it even greater of a strength, because the best thing you can have in a playoff matchup is a, a, a unit that is unstoppable to the other team. You know, and if that's your defensive line, or pass rush, you might win a freaking game. Like it's not, you know, we're talking about a game by game. So it's not a bad strategy. I would go offensive line. I think they have to go offensive line. But But if you're not going to go O-line, then doing this sort of thing. And again, in a draft where the first edge player came off at 21. So you have everybody available. If you view these guys as top 15, top 20 talents, and he's at 24... Then it'd be hard to pass up.
0: So, so, let me ask you then: At twenty-four, do you think that guys like um, Alex Leatherwood or Samuel Cosme are are, are yeah. reaches? I th-
1: yeah. No, no. I I mean, it depends on how they they have them. I I would say Sam Cosme. I'd feel I'd feel fairly comfortable with Sam Cosme there. Um, but again, like it depends on how they feel. Maybe they don't have a first round grade on him and they're thinking, okay, well, we don't really feel good drafting him at 24, you we'll know, and back. all this edge talent is here. Yeah. You maybe could trade back, but all the edge talent is here. Is it, you know, too hard to pass up on, on some of that? I, you know, it's definitely possible. So I feel you Is he's Ojalar? I don't think it's a bad pick. Uh, it's definitely possible for them. I, you know, I don't think that's uh, off base at all. So, okay. So all right, uh, fifteen. Jacksonville Jaguars second pick. I have both the uh, Jacksonville picks. They take Trevor Lawrence number one. That's easy. Uh, and I think Jacksonville, similar to what I said with the Jets, right? You're at a point where you get best player available, and you're happy that you got best player available. You have so many needs. Uh, you know, don't don't force a need. Don't you get you know hung up on a player in a position and just get that guy, get whoever you think is best uh, left. I'm going to edge here. Uh, Same way that I did, you know, thinking, you know, like you did with the Steelers. I'm going to go Jalen Phillips out of Miami, Mm. who has all the talent in the world. uh, But the concussion issues uh, are very real about him. And he's had so many in his young career that he might. I mean, he's got the physical talent. And after his pro day and his testing, he's going to be a first round talent. But he could be a top 10 talent without the concussion issues. That's how good he is. So if you're Jacksonville, you're at 25, second pick in the first round, worth the risk because if he hits, you basically just got two top 10 picks you know, and Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Phillips, and you're set with a, a a solid edge rusher, you know, a star edge rusher on the on the defense and your star quarterback on offense. So smart move for Jacksonville. Take the risk here uh, and get a a potential superstar on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Big brain stuff going on over there in
1: Jacksonville. Big brain. Big, Big brain, brain for Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Okay, Mitch, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, we talked about them earlier. Great offseason. What are they doing to add to it here in the draft?
0: Well, they address the edge need. They got Jadavion Clowney on the one-year deal. Um, I think they need someone to eat up space, though. They need a sp- They need someone to eat up space in the middle on that defense. You know what? You you added all the other stuff on the defense. Let's address the dead nut center middle of the defense. Get a space eater. Give me Christian Barmore from Alabama.
1: This is it, Mitch. This is. Uh, this is one of the pairings that I love most in these mock drafts. And as I think about it, Christian Barmore might go before 26. It depends on how the middle, the teens and and, and later on feel about the defensive line, feel about him and, and how the board sort of falls. But in this scenario, yeah, I don't think anybody really takes him before this. Maybe Tennessee. Yeah, uh, if They maybe. don't go off a wide receiver there. Uh, but again, we just talked about this. Uh, Jadavian Clowney next to Miles Garrett. Add so much to that pass rush. They have Larry, Larry Ogan, Joby. They've got some players there, but not you know any stars. If you got a pass rush, Miles Garrett, Christian Barmore, Jadavian Clowney, with a great secondary, a young and growing secondary in Cleveland, that is the formula for a great defense. And you're just solidifying what is already a strength, and you're making it even better. Fantastic move, my friend.
0: Thank you, thank you. I appreciate. Fantastic
1: it. move. I, I, again, it's one of those pairings that I think is just so, like, if this this is ideal I mean, for and Cleveland, quite honestly, is Christian like, Barmore 26. When you
0: watched Cleveland play, no one beat them on the edges. They got beat in between the tackles when, you know, when someone was running the ball on them. Like, that's where they got beat. If you have someone to eat up the center like that and take up space and bounce everything outside and, oh, shit, yeah, there's Miles Garrett and Jadavion Clowney waiting for you on the edges— no chance. No right. shot. No All chance. Right.
1: I mean, that's great. Exactly. No, no doubt. I'm 100% and they with just cut, Great pick. they
0: just released Sheldon Richardson, so they need to fill exactly. that need. So. so they have
1: a need there, and this would be a great spot to do it. If it's not Barmore, I think you've got to wait a little bit. There's probably not another first-round D-tackle that you feel comfortable with at 26, but in this scenario, they get the best player available at that position uh, at the 26th pick uh, and There's that not would be a G big tackle win.
0: until the probably mid second round that I feel comfortable. I see, with. yeah. So. I say
1: mid second round. You're looking at uh, you know Levi and Luzurike, yeah. uh Ali McNeil potentially. So uh, Milton Williams out of LaTeX. So Chubop, all right, whatever, however you say uh, name, Yeah, what? Marlon Tuiapelo, Tui Yeah, from USC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, 27. Mitch, offensive line. Add to the strength of the team. Lamar Jackson gets better with the better offensive line. I'm going Alex Leatherwood here. uh, A guy who was a tackle. I think will most likely bump into guard. And he has the sort of flexibility that you can plug and play. Listen, Orlando Brown, right tackle. We don't know what's going to happen to him. He says he wants to be a left tackle, wants to get paid like one. Do they keep him? Do they have to move on? He could be your right tackle of the future. If you have to bump him inside, you could do that as well. Uh I think that's just the right move here is to add to the offensive line because Lamar Jackson's going to be as good as their offensive line is.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly... And that and that's not. A, this isn't a knock on Lamar, but that's just the kind of player he is and what he does. What
1: he do- it's the kind of offense that they run? Yeah, it, it, he, they need. only going to be a, as, a solid offensive. line. He's only
0: going to be as good as offensive line is. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, hundred percent agree with you there, yeah. Alex. Lever, Alex Leatherwood. Great ad. Samuel Cosme would have been another good one, too. But like you said, with the whole bumping him out to tackle. he wants. To-
1: I like the versatility that you would feel comfortable playing him at guard. I, maybe Cosme. I've heard a couple people suggest that uh, NFL teams might view Cosme as a guy who can bump inside. But Leatherwood has the sort of versatility and flexibility that you would feel more comfortable with. And in their system and the way that they're trying to run, I think Leatherwood's maybe the better fit. Well, wouldn't so.
0: Cosme be tough yeah. to – Oh no, I'm thinking of he's big. Uh, yeah, no, no, he's no, like you're six right. I mean, is Co- he?
1: yeah, 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 Cosme's a big yeah. guy, and that again, that's part of the you know, do you want a guy that size bumping inside that doesn't know. you know exactly? No. So uh, that would be the hesitation there. All right, Mitch, uh, just a couple picks left here. New Orleans, twenty eight.
0: New Orleans, the Saints, um, corner, wide receiver, edge linebacker. I mean, they got a lot of needs. I mean, this team is kind of patched things together over the last few years it feels like or la, over the last season it feels like um I think here Yeah, I I think here sorry for the sorry for the long pause. I think here yeah, you go Rashad Bateman. I think here Oh, okay. Yeah. I think that they go the wide receiver here, and it's only because whoever's replacing uh, Drew Brees in that offense, whether it's Jameis Winston or, um, uh, sorry, Taysom Hill. Um,
1: <clears throat> Can't believe you
0: forgot my sorry my guy's the Mormon missile, the Mormon missile. I forgot Come on. about it. Um, wh- whoever's re- the Swiss Army the Swiss knife. Army. Whoever's replacing him, uh, whether it's a legitimate passer in Jameis. Jameis Winston, or a Swiss Army knife at best, and Taysom Hill. Do we just
1: call Winston a legitimate passer? More of a dude threw more thirty interceptions in a year. We're going to call him a, a legitimate passer. passer. He's more of a passer than come Taysom. on, Taysom. come
0: on. Um, but you might as well give those guys all that they can, like all the weapons that they could ever need to succeed. So might as well give them Rashad Bateman and um and hope for the best. Get a little bit of a death piece here. Um, with the first round of wide receiver.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, I think wide receiver is the play here. Um, I would look maybe a, at a different guy. My thought with Bateman is he's a very similar player to Michael Thomas in the size, this t- the type of player, possession sort of wide receiver. And, and obviously, I don't think you can go wrong having another guy Who could do what, you know, Michael Thomas could do. He's a great player. But maybe the the shiftier, quicker type of athlete, the Kadarius Tony type, you know, the Moors, the Moore brothers, who are not brothers, but Rondale and Elijah Moore would maybe be a place where you're adding a different element. But I think you're right on with wide receiver. And again, like Bateman, Michael Thomas is great. I don't think there's a problem with adding a guy who could do that as well, like, that's not a bad thing. And, and wide receiver, I think, adding weapons to whoever the quarterback is, as you mentioned, uh, is, definitely, is definitely the good move. Uh, Packers here, Mitch, and I'm going wide receiver because the Packers won't actually do this for some reason. For some, only God knows why the Packers won't draft a first-round weapon for Aaron Rodgers. But in my world, they do because they're not dumb. And uh, I'm going to go with uh, the guy, the sort of shifty wide receiver that I am most high on, and that is Rondale Moore out of Purdue. I think Elijah, Rondale, I think either of those guys are going to be an option here, Uh, but I am higher on Rondale Moore and so that's where I go for the Packers. And again, it adds an element to the passing game that they don't have. De- De- Devontae Adams is the big catch guy, a sure-handed sort of player. They've got some, you know, deep threats, but they need a guy with the screen game, with the quick passing game, using him in the backfield the way that modern offenses do. And Rondell Moore would give them that.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um. Okay, number 30, Buffalo Bills. Needs are corner, edge, wide receiver. The running back situation wasn't great either there, but I don't want to send another running back there to just have him fail and drown again like they did to Devin Singletary. Poor Devin Singletary. And Zach Moss. I mean, they did that last year with Zach Moss. I don't want... I think they'll figure something out with those guys.
1: Right. And I think between, I mean, they are both third round picks, both still very young in their NFL careers. There's still a chance that those guys become efficient, even as a two headed monster, right. you know, you don't need an all pro running back to win a super bowl. You need efficient running backs. Uh, and I feel like the tandem of those two could probably do that. So I, I agree with you. I don't think the play at 30 is running bad.
0: No, I don't think so either. Um, I think, though, this team loves to have a really solid secondary. And I think that they might reach just a little bit here
1: and go get Asante Samuel Jr. Okay, yeah, I really like Asante Samuel Jr., um, and I think he has a real chance of going in the first round. And this would be a spot that I think would make sense.
0: Yeah. I mean, this this is a, this is a team that loves defense, loves having a secondary that can hold them down. And Asante Samuel with the other four guys ahead of him gone at, at his position, this is the best available cornerback that has first town, I think has first round talent. So um, go ahead and get him in the, in the back half of the first round. I don't think you can get him if you wait till the second. So if, if, If you really want to add and bolster to that secondary, I think that's this is the time you gotta take him. The only other option I probably would have gone is like Joe Tryon from Washington.
1: Sure, that would have been the only other one. But yeah, no, I feel that, and I think I think here, Mitch, and you look at the Tampa Bay formula, right? They just added and added and added to the secondary to the point that they had an incredible secondary, right? The defense was incredible for Tampa, but you look at the way they invested into the secondary with young pieces, uh. I think teams are going to follow that mold. We see it year after year. The minute somebody wins the Super Bowl doing X, everybody copies X. And I think this year it's going to be this Tampa Bay doubled down on the secondary in the draft no matter how we feel about our secondary, we should be doing the same thing. And the Bills would be wise to do this because they do have a good secondary, but not a great. They could use another cornerback next to Tredavious White. They're solid at the safety position, but adding at the corner, uh, you know, is a need. And I think in this case is, is worth it to go Asante Samuel here. So great pick. Great weird
0: pick. to see weird uh, to see Asante Samuel Jr. when I remember watching Asante Samuel play on Sundays. Right, so. right. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> very, very strange. Uh, All right, Mitch, Kansas City Chiefs. uh, This is offensive line. And if it's not, they're idiots. Uh, This is offensive line. And in this case, they actually got a player I I like very much, fall to them, and that's Sam Cosme out of Texas. I think Sam Cosme goes higher. I don't think he's around uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs in the actual draft. Uh, In this case, uh, they luck out, and he falls to them there. And that is they just need to add to the offensive line. Everything on that team is great. We saw the weakness. Once the starters went out, it got bad. They invested in Joe Tooney. Uh, they brought back Kyle Long. I mean, they 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 have tried to, you know, add pieces, but they need to get younger and they need to get stable long-term offensive line pieces uh alongside Patrick Mahomes. So here you address that. Sam Cosme, fees off the board, and Leatherwood's there. I think you looked there. Dylan Raiden's. Out of uh, North Dakota State, I think, is also an option. I, I Like, Landon Dickerson, like, it doesn't matter. Like, whoever it is, draft an O-lineman. That is the answer. If you do that, you succeeded.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think anything you can get to just add the to the protection of Patrick Mahomes— you're half a billion dollar quarterback. Yeah, if you, <laughs> right, have right. Op- Good idea. if you have an option to protect him more, go do it. So, right, um, right. yeah, fair but, enough. Fair yeah, enough. Sam Cosme, definitely the right pick here. Um, definitely where I would have gone. Um, last pick of the first okay. round.
1: Final pick. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Weird. It's still It's still strange to me that they are the Super Bowl champs. They, it is still strange it, to me. doesn't it feel just, right.
0: It all happened so quick. I mean, could you remember, it remember did. 2019 when we were like, man, this team blows. And now it's like they're Super Bowl champions.
1: And they might actually repeat next year because they literally just, didn't lose a single player. It's like the exact same it, team coming it's back. It's incredible how, how
0: quickly <laughs> that all came together. But,
1: it is it, remarkable.
0: Um, just goes to show the... Uh, the nuances and the, the parody of sports, it can all change in a blink of an eye. Yeah, um, exactly. Look, it's it's tough to find with a team that was so well rounded, it's tough to find a need for them. It's 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 tough to go, yeah, the Bucks need this, especially when they just won a Super Bowl. Like you're just like man, what do they really need? Because yeah. like especially because
1: and they brought everybody they back. Brought everybody they didn't back. lose a player from the Super Bowl winning team. and, I mean, you, and
0: honestly, <laughs> the most recent example we have to go off of that is the Super Bowl, or at least this last playoffs, and they weren't weak in any one spot. They were good all over the place. So I think at this point, they should be looking at one of the better players that are available left. And um, I think a great choice right here would be Jason Owe, uh edge out of Penn State. Um, yeah, I think I think you just go get the guy that's still there. You don't you don't mess around with it. You don't get cute with the last pick. Just go ahead get the good solid guy that that's has slipped to you at 32 that's still available don't be cute with it and just and just go get him because honestly yeah
1: you you're set you just need depth you don't have to worry about yeah. need you know yeah you can you have the luxury right to take Best player available. Yes. You know, and a guy like Jason Oway who has all the physical tools, but uh, had zero sacks last year for Penn State. And that's going to deter a lot of people. But he tests very well. Uh, and, you know, you think to yourself, you're Tampa Bay. He-, he doesn't need to be the guy. You've got a lot of pass rushers. you got a lot of guys. He could just develop and be a part of the future. And that's a great situation for him great situation for tampa bay i also think mitch ultimately tampa bay might be in a spot here where if they don't if they don't you know if, if jason always not a top 20 guy for them if none of their top 20 falls to them they trade back
0: yeah just trade out because somebody's gonna
1: want to somebody's wanna, gonna, gonna want to get up into the first round for a specific player get the fifth year option on that guy you know it, whoever it is however it works out a wide receiver an offensive lineman and one of these edge guys and they can move back 10, 15 picks, pick up future picks, and they're going to be fine because, again, they don't have any needs. So, sure, okay, look at two seconds. They're going to be fine where they're at there. So, uh, But I do like this pick uh, if they were to stay at 32. I, You know, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Jason Owe, Gregory Rousseau, some of those maybe more raw defensive linemen that you don't have to worry about playing a lot right now. You can let them sit behind a lot of depth and, and talent you already have on the D-line. And you honestly, know.
0: what would seem like a very... Uh, not just Tampa Bay Buccaneers move, but whoever owns the thirty-second pick type move would would be to take Travis Etienne and
1: and, mm, and get yeah. that
0: get that second running back before the second round starts. Um, unfortunately, he would be buried. Uh, he would be buried in 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 uh in work
1: behind Super Bowl Lenny. Well, Super
0: Bowl, but no, I, and I say buried, but he would be buried by workload shares. I mean, he he wouldn't right, be right. getting the carries that I think he deserves to get as as a younger, upcoming star. I think that he can get that if he gets taken in the second round as some team that actually
1: needs right. running back. So, and that's not worth spending a first round pick on a guy who's going to touch the ball 150 times next year maybe, for you, maybe. right? Like yeah. that's not that right. That's not worth that pick. You could get a better value for that pick by taking a different player or trading back and then trading. J- Javante Williams or Travis Etienne at 50 where you traded or 49 where you traded back exactly. to, you know, and then he didn't spend the first round pick on that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. And, and running back might be something they addressed in the first couple of rounds. You know, uh, it, it depends on how the board falls, but uh, I could see them addressing that there. But I think wiser to stay out of the first round. Uh, as far as that goes so all right mitch that is it for our mock draft this was a fun exercise I've been looking forward to this because the NFL draft is just one of my favorite things I, I follow and like pay attention all year round uh, for the NFL draft and it's just two weeks away uh this exercise is fun I think we made some very solid picks uh going through here i want to I want you to pick out one pick of mine that you just loved. And I will do the same for you. Mm. So I picked odds. Mitch picked evens. Uh, I'm going to look at one of my favorite picks by Mitch. Uh, and you do the same. Do you want to go first?
0: Yeah. I think that one of my favorite picks that you made, hmm, probably Patrick Sertain to Denver. Hmm. I do like that pick a lot. I think what it, it fits what Denver needs most. Um, and honestly, Denver, Denver for a long time, had that signature defensive back. Um, whether it was Champ Bailey or Steve Atwater, You know, they always had that signature defensive back. And they've kind of been...
1: Akeem, Akeem Tlaib, Tlaib, you know, for a couple they've of years. They've been
0: missing that for a long time. And I think that Patrick Surtain could be one of those big, physical-type cornerbacks that Denver has always had a signature for having and hasn't had in a long time. I really like the Patrick Surtain to Denver pick.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great fit as well. Uh, You know, obviously I love Kyle Pitts to my Carolina Panthers. I think you nailed that. But I'm going to go with the pick you made for your own team. And that's Caleb Farley at 20 to the Bears because of the value, because of what you look at him as a first round, you know, a top 10 talent. Uh, If he's not, then the cute, this cornerback one, he's right behind uh, Patrick Sertan. And, uh, you know, post back injury, we don't know what the fall is, but the value there at 20 to get far. Who could potentially be a top, you know, top ta- cornerback talent in this draft? It seems like the feedback on the physical for him is that the injury is not going to be that impactful. He'll be ready for the beginning of the season. The long term effects, you don't know what an injury like that will do long term, but as far as his readiness for this season, he will be. Uh, the risk is going to be what drops him, but the value there is too high to pass up uh for the bears and uh, that could be a potential steal and that's the kind of moves that really help your franchise getting that much value out of a 20th pick overall uh that is you can't pass that up and so uh i love that fit and i i love the fit and i love the value there oh yeah so all right my friend that is uh it for our nfl mock draft and uh that's it for the pod today uh we'll have more sort of draft stuff as we get a little closer and then obviously post NFL draft will we we will react uh to how it all goes down and Mitch I'm going to say uh the one thing I'm expecting before draft day is another trade up into the top 10 for a quarterback and specifically that number 4 pick I think before the day of the first round before the before the draft starts I mean before the draft starts on that Thursday April 29th S- somebody is moving up to the Falcons spot at number four and it'll be clear then that four quarterbacks are going one, two, three, four. And that's how it's go. We might not know the order yet at that point, but I think before the draft, we're going to see that trade up and that'll be uh, a-, a lot of fun. That's a part of the excitement of the draft. Yeah.
0: I think, I think that four pick, there will be someone else there. There will be someone different there. Um, They'd have to sell the farm, but let's go Bears. Get that number four pick. Get up there. <laughs> get up there. We'd it. have to sell the it. farm to do it, but go.
1: let's go hey, get it. Might Come be on, worth. It might be worth. For Trey Lance, I would oh, do yeah. it. Uh, all right, Mitch, uh, this has been fun, my friend. Uh, and thank you guys for sticking around and listening. If you enjoyed the pod, we appreciate it. Leave us uh, a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. And as I mentioned earlier with uh, – Uh, With some of the other topics and your thoughts on the draft. Leave us a voice message on Anchor. Go to anchor.fm slash the sports hour guys. Leave us a voice message there or the Anchor app. Great way to listen. Uh, Mitch, where can they find us on social media? You
0: can follow us on Twitter at sports hour guys. You can follow us on Instagram at the sports hour guys. Uh, You can check out our website, which is under construction still. That is going to be coming soon. Hopefully it's, it's, it's in the works. Um, you can, like Dallin said, go ahead and get on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating, review, tell us we suck. That's the only way that we can get better.
1: It is the only way that we can get better, Mitch. Uh, don't go go beat up some other uh community church softball team. How about no, that? That's only one in our league. We'll talk There's about only it one next week. That's the only one. What other eclectic groups uh represent? uh soft have softball teams representing uh, them in your league. We have the
0: Barachos uh which is uh, Spanish for the drunks. Um, right. Um, so uh, they're in our league. They're very good. Um Okay. See as we got the uh Diamond Kings, which is another one. Um Watch them a little bit, not sure how they We played Blue Oak Properties, which is a it's a landscape and property ownership company. Nice.
1: Were they uh, They're good? pretty good.
0: They're pretty good. They I can <laughs> see that. I
1: feel like a landscaping squad would be alright. I can they, see they that pre, they're pretty sense. good. So um church folk, not as much. Landscapers, very good <laughs> <they> at <laughs> softball. We get it. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my friend. It's been fun. Thank you guys for sticking around and listening, and we will catch you
0: next time. See ya.